Welcome back to the Oscar Project Podcast, the show where I discuss Oscar-nominated films year by year. I am your host, Jonathan Eterberg, and today I'm bringing you my second author interview, this time with two guests, Charlotte Booth and Brian Billington, authors of the new book, The Movie Lover's Guide to London. I received some great feedback on my first interview with Mia Mask a few weeks back, so please be sure to go back and listen to that in case you missed it. Please also subscribe to the Oscar Project in your podcast player so you can get all the newest episodes as soon as they are released. If you like the interview and want to hear more, please consider leaving a rating and review in Apple Podcasts or Spotify. Charlotte Booth is a professional writer of history books, including The History of the Undead and How to Survive in Ancient Egypt, and was also an extra in a Bollywood movie. Brian Billington is an IT professional, amateur photographer, and a lover of movies who enjoys working out where those movies were filmed. Over the years, they've created personal movie location tours, including Wells, Turin, and London, and decided it was time to share this with others. They joined me today to talk about their collaboration, The Movie Lover's Guide to London. Charlotte and Brian, welcome to the show. Thank you for having us. Hello. So let me start off by asking um, just what prompted you to pick up this as a project to work on as a book? Was it really the love of films first or uh, the love of the city of London that uh, piqued your interest? Probably a combination of the two. I'm originally from London, so I lived there for the first 30 odd years of my life. So it's my home city. But yeah, I mean, we, we've watched a lot of movies and it is one of Brian's annoying little ticks where he has to point out where every little location is. And he's been doing it for years. So we thought <laughs> we might as well use that. <laughs> um, sure. And yeah, so we thought we'd combine the, the two with a city that we both know relatively well. And yeah, also his obsessiveness with trying to locate places. Makes sense. And, and you, know, you said you're, you're originally uh, from London. You know, did you decide on London because of that? Were there any other cities that were considered elsewhere in the world or might there be a follow up at some point down the road? Well, we, we started with London because obviously Charlotte knows London quite well. Sure. And she knows all the, the small little back streets around London. And London's got such a, a you know, a lovely uh, um, architectural history to it. And there's quite a lot of old buildings in London. So I quite enjoy walking around London, finding old buildings in tucked alleyways. And for the same reason, that's why um, location um, people um, do the same thing. So I think London is a draw for um, filmmakers as well, for very much the same reason. Sure. So it seemed like an obvious place to start rather than perhaps a, a smaller um, English city where, yes, movies are made there, but not in the abundance Right. You can get a lot of kind of older buildings in London and then you can find some brand new buildings that have just been built with modern architecture at the same time. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So you have a hot, it sort of crosses all sorts of genres in movies as well, because you can have science fiction with some of the super modern buildings where like right. the, um, the the metal work, um, you know, like the lift work. Mission and Impossible and stuff. Yeah. And that's so, a lot of the new buildings around the Paddington area. Yeah. So you've got these buildings where the internals are all on the outside and look very space age. Mm -hmm. So you end up with this mixed genre of movies as well. Whereas if you go to somewhere like Wells, which um, we did the Hot Fuzz tour that we created around there, it's so old, you're only going to attract a certain type of movie maker there. Right. Right. Absolutely. And you, you're talking about those tours. I really like that section of the book where you had all those different tours laid out. So if people wanted to try certain ones uh, that kind of piqued their interest, they could do that. 
I'm hoping to get over to London at some point in the near future to try some of them out myself. But were there any of those that didn't make it into the book or um, things that you had to cut out other than the tours? The um, the tours were actually led by the locations themselves. So when we started the book, we didn't yeah, really we, have an idea, did no, we? No, we sort of like wrote the book and then at the end found all the, the locations and then put them in together into a tour, if you see what I mean. So it's like um, we didn't know at the beginning if there would be enough churches or cemeteries sure. to, to be a tour in its own right. So we were very much led by the locations as we um, identified them. Excellent. So I imagine if we did another one on movies, um, <laughs> the, the tours are going to be different because right. it depends what locations have been used. Right. Makes sense for sure. Uh, now, Charlotte, I know you've written several books before and Brian, this is your first book. So what would you guys say was the biggest challenge in writing the book together and, and how did you overcome that? I'll let you answer this first because it was your first book and obviously you had me cracking the whip behind you the whole way. <laughs> well, um, I was well, looking at some, we were sitting down watching movies and some of these movies are like two hours long, but we're pausing them through the movies. So mm -hmm. it literally is like three to four hours a movie would take because we're pausing scenes trying to work out exactly where that scene was shot. And then I'd go off to the, to Google, um, have a look at Street View and try to triangulate what's in the background or where the movie was shot. And that was t that took quite a lot of time. Probably do. more than we realised. Yeah, and there's time. about 100 films in the book. So, right. you know, if everyone is taking, you know, at least three hours and there were some sites... Yes, a lot of the films are digitally manipulated as well. So they, they change the background and they change the, the shot frontages so that they're not exactly the same as what you see them in real sure. life. Yeah. And that's quite tricky to do because you think you just look at like a news agent and the, and the, the, you know, the street name, but they changed it. So it's not the same in the film, but you can work it out. And there was also parts where it almost became like a challenge to identify a site. So in... Yeah. Uh, one film, Cockneys versus Zombies. There's a bus stop, and it's the scene is literally thirty seconds long at this bus stop. Right. But it's like, oh, that should be easy to identify. You've got the bus stop that tells you the numbers of the buses that stop there. You've got stuff in the background. How many weeks did it yeah, take? Well, they, they changed the number of the bus, literally, <laughs> so you couldn't follow the bus route on Greek Street View. So in the end, I found a wall. <laughs> there was a wall and it looked like a tube station behind it. And I eventually found it. I think that took me about a week and a half yeah. just to locate this 30 seconds of a film. And I really hope people go and sit at that bus stop right, and appreciate right. the amount of time it took to identify Sometimes you'd find, a, you'd find a scene and you'd look it up and you'd find out where it was and it fell outside London. So it could go in the book. Oh, you'd yeah. spend hours trying to find something and it wouldn't make it. Or equally frustrating would be you'd spend hours looking for a site that was quite substantial in a movie and you located it and then realised they pulled it down last year. Oh, no. <laughs> that happened quite a lot because there right. are obviously parts of London that are constantly being um, reconstructed. So, yeah, I mean, if something that was filmed, you know, as far back as 2015... There's no guarantee those sites are still different. there. Yeah. So it's quite worrying to think that perhaps next year some of the sites in the book may be gone. Yep. If if you want to take the tours now, you gotta to, gotta to grab it. Well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> updated. 
So yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, there's there's different things, obviously, because I've written um, a number of books. I'm very much I have a, I've got a very personal process with it, mm-hmm. and having to bring Brian into that was was quite quite challenging because he works in a very different way to me, and his there was lots of questions like, "Is this what you normally do?" Why do I have to do it this way? It's like, just do it this way. It'll be much easier if you do it this way. So there were a few discussions like that, but yeah. working together wasn't too bad because yeah. we both have different um, we just skills. Love, love, love watching films as well. Yeah, sure. Yeah, and, and yeah. most of these films we'd seen, you know, we'd watch them normally. Right. We weren't just sat the first time watching a film and just literally pausing it every 30 seconds looking at locations. We'd watch the film and then we'd go back over it and then pause particular bits we thought that might be interesting to go into the film. Right. And and to that end, was there anything you, you said you had a few challenges finding some of those locations? Were there anything that you just couldn't find enough information to to locate it? Yeah, <laughs> there's quite a few of those. And this is why we would spend so long on one mm. particular site, especially if it was an important part of a story or, or a film. And sometimes you just couldn't find them. And it could be because they've been pulled down or they were CGI'd because yeah. there's very it's not always very easy to identify if something's done in a studio. Yeah. No. Or if it's done actually on location. Right. You could be spending hours looking for a place that doesn't actually exist. Exactly. As we did many we times. Did. <laughs> and yeah, so they just had to be removed. And that that was a that was a, an unpleasant part of, of the edit when it's like we really want to include this uh, yeah. site, but we can't find I it. I hate to be beaten as well. <laughs> I'm sure. Yep. Yep. Take that a little personally. Yeah. <laughs> Now, so my next question might be one of the hardest um, for you. You've both obviously watched a lot of films um, over the years and, and in your research for the book. But if you had to pick a top three, what would they be? Right. There's so many films. And we try when we're thinking about this and it's like, well, they've probably got to be in the book, right? <laughs> <laughs> so um, Lock, Stock and Two Smoking Barrels absolutely is one of my favorite yeah. films. And to be fair, and this is... A little bit of pointless trivia. I think on our first date, when we met up in London many, many years ago, we actually went to some of the sites because I knew where they were from the film. Yeah, oh, that's around, um, in Borough. In Borough Market, and we went to the place where they did um, two smoking where, barrels. Yeah, so that's where where they lived and the taxi rank, and I remember Brian was very excited by that, and that was our <laughs> first date. So that, that movie's kind of quite yeah weirdly quite romantic for us. Considering the, the context of it, right? Um, to be fair, also uh, some of um, uh, Bridget Jones's was filmed around there as well. Yeah, I quite like is that Bridget one of your favourite movies? Yeah, quite like Bridget Jones. <laughs> That's the problem. Some of these really soppy ones, you know, like Four Weddings and Notting Hill, they're really nice rainy day feeling rubbish movies. But favourite movies for me, it has to be Paddington because I am so desperate for Paddington to be real. So I think everyone yeah, that, would love that. Yeah. <laughs> so I think Paddington, and I've watched that film so many times, and really kind of left-field one for me would be Cockneys versus Zombies, because it's bizarre. <laughs> it's really cheaply made, but I just find it really amusing. It's, yeah, it's just, it's awful, but so awful it's good. Right, right. <laughs> yeah, makes sense. So what about you? Um, I'm quite a Guy Ritchie fan of his films, so Lock, Stock and Two Smoking Barrels would be one of them. 
and Snatch was quite good. Oh, the squeaky dog. Yeah, the squeaky dog in Snatch. <laughs> That's quite good. And uh, there's so many Bonds to choose from, I don't know which one to choose from in Filmed in London. See, it's easy for me. I don't like Bond. No, she doesn't like Bond. <laughs> I'm uh -oh, uh -oh. watching Bond films. Oh, it was awful. <laughs> <laughs> Sensing some tension here. We'll we'll move on off of that. Yeah, I'm not watching them again. <laughs> <laughs> um, so obviously the book's been out just for a little bit now, but have you heard from any readers, anybody hitting you up on social media or anything that have actually taken some of the tours or taken the book with them on their, their own trips that they might have had planned to London? Really frustratingly, no. We've had had reviews and I've had people message me saying, I absolutely love this book and looking forward to doing this tour, this mm -hmm. tour, and this tour. Mm -hmm. Um, one of my friends is desperate to do the pub tour, like the pub crawl. And it's like, if you do the whole thing on one day, you're going to be absolutely <laughs> plastered. But um, unfortunately, I, I'm hoping that everyone is so excited when they're out and about with the book that they forget to take pictures and right. tag us in them. <laughs> so hopefully if anyone is listening and they are out and about with the book. You have, if you get the book and have the book and take it with you to London, let, uh, let Charlotte and Brian know. <laughs> um, excellent. So I have a couple books uh, or a couple of questions not specifically related to the book, but before I move on to those, is there anything else you wanted to touch on about the book specifically? There's one thing that I I found particularly intriguing about doing the research for this book. And although we're starting with a very modern approach, we're going through the movies, we actually learned so much about the history of London. Yeah through this and I, I mean I grew up in London lived there for 30 odd years and sure. I felt I was learning something completely you, new every you, time. You sort of like pick, pick an area or a, a place in London and you end up going down a wormhole mm -hmm. and you end up finding things about a location yeah it's the Goldfinger one. Oh yeah where um <clears throat> the um there's a brutalist building um designed by Hampstead Heath somewhere isn't it Somewhere like that, I forgot where it is. But um, by by Goldfinger, the architect Erna Goldfinger, mm -hmm. and Fleming and him apparently had a beef going on, and <laughs> that's why Goldfinger is one of the he's one of the baddies in uh, yeah, the Bond films, based on this brutalist architecture, which isn't that bad. I quite like brutalist <laughs> architecture, but it was just one of the random things. And then another one of his buildings ended up, I think, in Paddington as well. So if I found all these odd connections yeah, during yeah. the research. And I think it's a it's a different way of approaching the history of London. I mean, obviously, I have a history background and anything that brings people to learning about the past, I think, is good. But you can learn about the past 100 percent through the present on this, sure. yeah. which I think hopefully for others is as fascinating as it was for us. Yeah. Excellent. Brian, anything uh, that you want to touch on before we move on? Uh, no, <laughs> touched it already. Um... Cecil Street was one of my favourite places. Lots of films have been done down there, and we ended up going down a wormhole with that one as well, didn't we? Yeah, I love that place. It's a tiny little alleyway just off Charing Cross Road. Yeah, you wouldn't see it if you just walked down Charing Cross Road. It's a very small alleyway, but lots of lots and lots of films have been filmed down there. Yeah, uh, it started out as um, weirdly Mozart lived there in the 18th century. Oh, okay, and not not for very long. He was a right. child and. Then it was pulled down and rebuilt, and then it was a, a movie place where all the film was kept, and they were worried about it catching fire mm -hmm. because it's so close to Trafalgar Square and... The portrait gallery. Yeah, so they were worried about all the paintings going up in, in flames. Oh. Um, and now it's a book street, so it's where you get lots of rare books and things like that. So and Some of the Harry Potters have been filmed down there. 
Um, Miss Potter. Miss Potter. That yeah, Miss Potter. Potter was down there. Wonderful. But, yeah. So lots of little things like that. Yeah. Wonderful. Wonderful. Well, if you could, so I'm going to move on. My this is my my fun question that I uh, try and get uh, folks to answer here. If you could invite any three movie characters to your next dinner party, who would they be and why? This question is so hard. <laughs> well, I'm going to pick James Bond to start with because he's got some really good travel tips. <laughs> I wouldn't want to go travelling with James Bond. <laughs> Absolutely not. Travel follows that man. 100% Paddington. <laughs> Make sure you have, what is it, marmalade? Yeah, marmalade, marmalade sandwiches. sandwiches. I mean, the house would be destroyed. The dinner party would be in chaos, but it would be hilarious. Um, um, I'm going for Billy Mac off of Love Actually. <laughs> make sure you got the wine in yeah yeah he'd make a good din i guess i think good in yeah entertaining i think entertaining, entertaining. yes um i would quite like beatrix potter i know obviously she's a real person but the beatrix potter uh, represented in miss potter seems like she could be a really interesting person quite powerful for a woman mm -hmm. of her age and she bought most of the lake district and she likes bunnies and i think her and billy mack yeah, part of it, you have to think of who else you're inviting and what the dynamics would be. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's why I picked my third one is Scarlet from uh, Four Weddings and a Funeral. Oh, James Bond would be hitting on her. Yeah, that. he'd be hitting on her. <laughs> and she's quite quirky. <laughs> and Billy Mack yeah, would probably Billy be hitting Mack on her well, too. Yeah. <laughs> and I think maybe um, Christine Keeler would be an interesting character to have from, scandal, from yeah. the scandal but yeah another real person but i bet she's got some interesting gossip to share yeah not that paddington would care about that and <laughs> miss potter would be absolutely horrified at the stories but yeah don't ever come to dinner at our house i quite enjoy this dinner party there's uh, some a good mix of characters there <laughs> I have no idea what I'd serve for dinner. <laughs> Marmalade sandwiches. <laughs> All there you go. Yep. And, uh, and uh, some martinis, shaken, not stirred. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, great. So do you, do you guys have any books that you would recommend that you have personally read re recently, whether they're uh, related to movies or fiction, whatever you might be uh, reading recently that you've enjoyed? Well, I listened to a um, podcast called Scientish. And they wrote a book called Hollywood Wants to Kill You. Uh, and that's a very good read. It's a very geeky book, though. So, uh, yeah. But I've read that, too. Yeah, she's really Charlotte's good. read that one as well. Um, oh, I read so many books. I, I particularly like Hollywood Wants to Kill You. But, oh, what have I read recently? I've been really reading some really twisted things recently, actually. Um, I recently finished a book called The Italian Boy, which was... Um, about body snatching in the early nineteenth um, century. <laughs> so yeah, body snatcher snatching and murders. Body snatching in Hollywood's trying to kill you. Yeah, <laughs> there's a bit of a theme going on. Yeah. <laughs> Wonderful. Um, and lastly, before we wrap up, I know uh, you know you just finished the book it's just been recently published but do you have any other projects lined up next um do you have any other books in mind any other city guides that might be uh you know movie related coming in the future or anything else that you wanted to to discuss um we are actually working on two more guides in the same series um both based in london um one i'm not going to give you the titles but one is based on reality 
in one way or another. So it's um, kind of a history tour of a type. Mm-hmm. And the other is a um, genre specific movie book. So both in the same series, both going to be pretty much in the same yeah. way. So we've spent the last it's, two it's, or three months going yeah, around. London we were doing search for this one. We found so much information. Right. Couldn't fit it all into one book. So. And we quite like the process. We quite like the process of doing it. So we pitched another one and they're like, yeah, how about this one and this one? And it's like, perfect. Yeah, so, wonderful. Well, I'll look, we'll look forward to those. And maybe when uh, when those come out, we can uh, have you back on to discuss those and, and talk about some more movies. That would be That's wonderful. Be that great. I think they're coming out next year because one is due at the publisher very, very shortly. And the other is due at the end of October. So I think they're both due for next year. Excellent. Well, thank you both so much for the time today. I really appreciated taking the time to speak with me and for sharing the, the information and the stories that you had in the book. And uh, hopefully we'll be able to speak again soon on your next books. Wonderful. Thank you for inviting us. It's thank been you. fun. Yeah, thanks thank for the time. You. Take care. Take care. Cheers then. Thank you again to my guests today, Charlotte Booth and Brian Billington. Their latest book is The Movie Lover's Guide to London, and I'll have a link to where you can pick that up in the show notes, along with links to the movies and books mentioned throughout the interview. Please come back for my next episode, where I will be speaking with Suzanne Ferris, author of Lost in Translation from BFI Film Classics. Until then, I hope to see you at the movies.